Greetings, everyone. As I'm recording this, I can't really help but think that this short soundbite won't probably go beyond being an echo of my own voice. It may amount to nothing more than just dead air. In the best case scenario, this may only reach the very few people within my own social circle. But I have been toying around with the idea of uh, starting a podcast for quite a few years now. There were many hang-ups, several kinks to work out, and just tons of hiccups along the way. Most of what held me back was really just me. Yes, indeed, it was none other than myself. I was battling the demons inside my head, suggesting to me that this project will probably be dead on arrival. I was also unfairly subjecting the very idea of this podcast to a harsh and stringent examination of its value proposition. I was debating whether this project would bring anything new to an already saturated podcast table, so to speak. I think that most humans operate on a default brain setting where they're almost inherently too self-conscious or have the natural inclination to analyze the heck out of things. Sometimes to the extent where analysis becomes borderline paralysis. We're too self-conscious to our own detriment. Those of you who self-identify as perfectionists tend to face an even fiercer battle. The voices holding you back tend to be much, much louder. They tend to have a tighter grip and won't let go without a real fight. You become inundated with self-doubt and you start wondering, how does one with no formal training in public speaking, no voice coaching, no mastery of any particular subject, how does one like myself, for example, dare to embark on a journey of starting a podcast, of starting anything, or embarking on any new journey. The next thing, the next thing that happens is that you retreat back to the comfort of procrastination and back to square one again. If that sounds like you, I assure you that you're not the only one. You're not alone. I will confess at the outset that when it comes to podcasting, I am completely clueless. Also, my experience in public speaking, if that even counts, is limited to nearly 12 years of teaching at different colleges and universities, as well as the very few talks that I've given at several conferences. But I did read somewhere that learning is best accomplished by doing. In other words, learning does not actually occur until we start getting our feet wet, until we start getting our hands dirty. Well, this right there profoundly resonated with me, and I decided that I just can't sit on the sidelines and wait for the stars to line up. I can just wait for some sort of divine manifestation or divine intervention. I knew that I had an idea that's been percolating in my head for 
a while and I just had to dive right in. The likelihood of having an epiphany was very slim. A little bit by myself, <clears throat> I grew up in the Ma'arif section of Casablanca near Stade d'Honneur or Complex Mohammed Senk as some of you youngsters like to call it. This is just a hop and a skip away from the very famous Darbghalif neighborhood. Of course, the mere mention of Darbghalif these days conjures up images of technology piracy and no form of bootlegged software. As you all know, Darbghalif has earned its stripes and accolades as the tech hacking headquarters, as the copyright infringement central command. But those of you who are too young to remember the city's landscape back in the 80s may not know that there was a pretty sizable space on the back of the Relief Marketplace, just outside of the center of teachers' trainings. I'm assuming that's where uh, teachers got their training before becoming full-fledged teachers. That spot in Darbalif was a festive place with a myriad of entertainment activities. This was a modern-day amusement park with a Ferris wheel, bumper cars, a pay-to-play wheel of fortune, and other games of luck. The place was also rife with street entertainers, fortune tellers, herbal medicine healers and dealers, and, and not to forget the occasional unlicensed dentist who operated freely. Yes, just a man with a pair of pliers and a handwritten sign that read, Tooth Extraction. But most notably, there was the remarkable, unforgettable presence of storytellers. <sighs> I was always mesmerized by these folks. Obviously, as a kid, I did not care to put any thought into the power that these people wielded, nor did I possess the adequate intellectual sophistication to understand my own fascination with storytelling. I just knew that I was always drawn to storytellers. They, they, they stoked something inside me that, that made me go through a range of emotions. It, it was also then that I became slightly aware of the power of words. I would even come home and try to perform a snippet of what I had just watched and heard. These storytellers were not particularly endowed with refined vocal cords. I mean, they didn't have the greatest of voices, nor did they possess the props or the wardrobe to match their stories and characters. These were either one-man show or shows with a principal storyteller and his sidekick. But hanging around their relief, listening to these storytellers, managed to transport me into this new, exciting dimensions that couldn't be compared to anything I have ever experienced. Well, truth be told, the closest thing that I've experienced came shortly later when I listened to Nasal Riwan for the first time. It was equally as stirring and as thrilling. It was later in life that I sought a scientific explanation to the hypnotizing effect of storytelling. And after a very quick skimming of some neuroscientific literature, I learned that 
there is actually a tight correlation between the exposure to storytelling and a generous release of hormones like vasopressin, oxytocin, dopamine, endorphins, and the list goes on. I learned that a storyteller has the ability to hijack, or probably hijack is a strong word, but at least has the ability to pause the primary function of his and her audience members' frontal cortex, such as reasoning, critical thinking, and other complex cognitive functions. In fact, a storyteller is able to induce a range of emotions such as empathy, care, focus, sadness, happiness, just all sorts of feelings in his or her audience members. Now, if that's not powerful, I don't know what is. Fast forward many years later, I learned that storytelling is actually acknowledged and recognized as a legitimate and bona fide fine art with countless lovers and seekers around the world. This art, unfortunately, was never given its due reverence and consideration in my own country of Morocco. Storytellers in Morocco, unfortunately, they're not favorably looked upon. Some even conflate them with vagrant and panhandlers. They're relegated to the fringes of society and they're often, you know, disparaged as beggars and drifters, which has ultimately contributed to the fading and near disappearance of this fine art. I have not come across any research on, on the topic, but I would, you know, speculate that the number of storytellers in Morocco have drastically receded from even say two or three decades ago. These storytellers obviously could not scrounge up a living on this art. They just could not echo out an existence and thus they were forced to bow out in silence. It would also help to share with whoever is listening to this that I have been living in the United States for decades now. It is there that where I had my formative years and where I spent most of my life. I have witnessed and observed the real thirst that my fellow Moroccans have for English and English language acquisition. I have even informally polled many youngsters who confirmed what I already knew to be the case. I encourage people to learn this language mainly because of the reach and the prominence that it commands. The only caveat, of course, is that I would feel very awkward imploring, encouraging people to learn English before even mastering their first language first. This podcast will primarily be in English, but will always be peppered and sprinkled with Arabic throughout. The logical question now is, why am I sharing this with you? And the short answer could be summed up in two folds. Number one, this podcast will be a collective attempt to change the narrative and the negative portrayal of and perception of storytellers. 
Storytellers are the purveyors of happy hormones. And hence, it is necessary that we work to revive and preserve the art of storytelling and give it the respect that it deserves. Number two, this is also an attempt to satisfy the thirst that some have for the English language. To that end, the stories will be narrated in English. Additionally, we will have and we would feature important vocab that that's used in the show and put it in, in you know in the um, note section of each episode. Ideally, this podcast would serve a greater purpose when it becomes a collective depository of shared stories. I believe that everyone has a story worth telling. And I intend to invite people from all walks of life and from across the wider socioeconomic and political spectrum to share their stories. Some of the best stories were predicated on life experiences that were never teased out. My hope is that you and I can unravel whatever magic a story packs that makes it worthy of dissemination. We will employ simple interviewing and voiceover techniques to bring your story to life. Some stories are going to be in the form of interviews, written diaries, as well as off-the-cuff exchanges that we deem interesting. As corny as this may sound, but the best metaphor that comes to mind is that of the process of labor and birth. So with little coaching and little prompting, your story will eventually be born. I know that deep down inside each and every one of you, there's at least one story begging to be told, begging to be released. I assure you that every story is worth sharing. As long as you be willing to spend the time and the effort recalling it in its granular details. So what exactly is your story? Please share it with us.